0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide meter in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Show. You're with the Railroad Sports and the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, it's that time, folks. It's training camp. And I just would like to say, you know, because right now there's not a lot to talk about as it relates to what's about to take place in the National Football League season. Everybody is preparing to go to training camp uh, of course, we have the uh, Packers and the Colts uh, getting a jump start on everybody else because they're playing in a Hall of Fame game. So, what matters to me, of course, is that it is uh, it's training camp. And, and training camp is something that is so, so special to me. And I, I just want to share with those people. I got to get you, you know, one thing about what training camp is training camp is an opportunity for uh, players to get ready, game ready to play games. They've already got themselves in, in condition. Uh, now they're going to get themselves in, in football shape so they can be game ready to play a game. And there's just so much that goes into that, that preparation. The entire, there's a mental preparation too. Uh, there is, you, you have to out of a sudden uh, change your, you, you go into a different person. become a different person that's why they take you into places and spaces where it's just you're confined and it's just you and everybody else kind of stays away on the outside there's a peripheral where you can cross and then there are the fans and the fans are even there you know fans you notice that fans come to practice in the summertime but fans are not allowed to come to practice during the regular season now, why would you think that, why is it okay for fans to watch you in the summertime, but it's not okay for fans to have, for teams to have open practices during the regular season? No. So I, I just want you to think about that. There's, a, there's always a purpose to everything they do in the National Football League. And, and one thing is the fact that they want to try to get the players accustomed to distractions, which are fans, in the preseason. You, you you know when we're at practice during the regular season, we've already spent four weeks with the distraction, and so now we we embrace it, we understand it, we we know what component of distraction or or, or how they're going to distract us, what they're going to do. You just get used to that. You got to get used to somebody calling you names. You got to use be you know they may be your real name, it may be a name that they want to call you. Uh, But you got to get used to being distracted and you got to learn how to ignore those distractions, and then sometimes you pay attention to them Uh, If you've made a successful play you might acknowledge the crowd But you know that's something that takes a little bit of time to get used to you know normally if you're walking down the street and somebody says Yo, Ray, what do you do if you're Ray you turn and look? Oh, I can't be lined up at strong safety and somebody hollers out to me yo, Ray, and I turn around and look can't do that, you know. But the 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 human nature is that if somebody calls your name, you respond. Yo, what's going on, man? Boom, you get clocked. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't do that. So these are this is something that's very very small. I'm sure you never even thought about it, but that's just something, an element to the game, distractions from fans that you want to get accustomed to, and they give you four weeks to do that. You know. So okay, so that that's something. Small. Also, like I said. Training camp is one of these things that for those people out there again who may not have ever had a chance to participate in a training camp, it is the first time for a rookie to really feel like he is a part of an NFL team. You've got drafted or you've been signed as a free agent. You've come and you've had some off-season workouts. And you've been, you know, getting together with the players and doing some things. But this is official. You are officially a member of this team and you're about to take place. What's about to take place is the first practice for the season that you've ever participated in your life. All those other things that they talk about, that we talk about, that I've talked about. Again, those are first-time events as well, the draft, the combine, sitting down and being interviewed by NFL coaches, signing your, your contract. All those things are, are, are great. But the most probably significant of them all is when you actually put that helmet on for the first time and you strap it up and you go out there and you practice. Shout-out to Allen, A.I., Practice. I'm talking about practice. This is so significant to an NFL player that it's it's hard to find words to what practice means. The first practice in your life. If you are a free agent, probably as much as a first-round draft pick, it probably means more to someone who was a free agent because that means that they did not get drafted. But somehow or another, they, they were blessed to get a contract. People think you can just show up and try out for teams. No. Everybody doesn't get a chance to go to that training camp because once you go to training camp, you are, you're on the team. Until you get cut, and I don't like to say that, but until you get fired, cut, fired, whatever, you're a member of the team. You're on the team. If somebody asks you, what do you do? Uh, I play for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I play for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I play for the Philadelphia Eagles. As long as you are on that team, you play for them. So you, somebody can ask you currently, or they can ask you years from now, what did you do? Well, you can say you tried out, but if you signed a contract and you were on that team, you didn't just try out. You were on that team. It, it's, it's, t- it's technical, but it's reality. And so right now, for the Indianapolis Colts, and for the Green Bay Packers, you've got some people that have lived a dream and that dream has come true. They have they strapped their cleats on. They tied them up. They put that helmet on. They may have some pads on, maybe not, but they're on the team. They're at practice. I'm so glad Allen said what he said. Practice? Man, you're talking about practice. And it all depends upon what you say and how you say it as to what the significance of practice is at that time. At that time, the way Allen said it, the significance of him practicing was not that important. The significance of one participating in a training camp practice is so important. Same thing, talking about the same thing, practice, but the level of importance at one point in the career and another point in the career, completely different. It's so important for this rookie, free agent rookie, seventh-round draft pick rookie. It is so important for those practices to be practices of which they are able to show their skill set in such a way that it is going to remind that coaching staff as to why they signed them to that team. There are going to be people that are going to attend this practice that are going to go past that seventh-round pick they're going to pass up that six-round pick who's going to pass up that, that, that free agent pick to try to get to that first-round draft pick to say hello to him, to get his autograph, to take a picture with him. That free agent could make the Hall of Fame. That seventh-round pick could make the Hall of Fame. Ask Tom Brady. Can you imagine the amount of people that just passed by Tom Brady, the first training camp he went to as a New England Patriot, as a seventh-round pick for the New England Patriots. Could you imagine, all right, man, that's that's, that's that guy out of Michigan. He's not that good. This means so much. This is the side that I'm trying to share with the fans out there so that they might understand from a player's perspective of how a player feels when he approaches the same event that you approach, what his mindset is and what your mindset is. Your mindset is you are so jolly you are so happy, your team is at practice, you're there to see them, you wanna have a lot of fun. That person is walking each step as if he's walking on the cloud. Unbelievable. See, players players don't ever get a chance to really, because some of them don't have a platform like I have here at Voice America, they don't ever really get a chance to really relax and really tell you, okay, Let's do away with, you know, the cliches, the, you know, the company lines. Let's let's be a real person and and very transparently share with the people what the experience is really like. Ain't nothing like it in the world. Oh my God. It is like unbelievable. You just cannot believe it. Like I said, you're, you're really walking on air. You're walking on the cloud. You're walking on water. You have done what very few people in the world have ever done. You're here. You're there. You've made it. And you have so far. You don't get cut. You made the team for a day. You don't get cut the second day. You made the team for two days. You was on the team for two days. Look up in the stands. How many of those people ever were on the team for a second? None. None. If the former players are on the field with you. So now this this player has to, I want you folks to understand the emotions that a player has to manage for his first time in his life being a part of an NFL team. This is something you dreamed of. You, you you, You just had no idea it would come true. And now you have to do this thing they call humility has to be shown. And you have to act like you've been there before. What the hell? Where did that come from? How am I going to act like I've been here before when I've never been here before? Really? Can you give me a little chance to be a, a human being? Can I really like say, man, this is off the chain? Really? Is there, there's never an opportunity for a player to do that? You've taken away the most emotional feeling this person's had at this time in their life because they probably don't have children. And even having a child is a different set of emotions. Nothing, nothing is like having a child. You can forget that, okay? So other than that, maybe they won some championships. I don't care if they won championships in high school or college. Pro football. And I got to go out here and I got to be humble. I want to scream my head off. I want to thank God. Oh my God. I want to drop on my knees. I want to cry. I want to cry. That's what that's the kind of emotion that these young people are feeling for the first time in their life. But they've got to somehow find a way to channel that emotion, to put it in storage, and not to bring it out of storage for years later. Years later. But at the same time, at this particular moment, they're so happy. So I, I just recall, for me, it was, like, it, was it was just so surreal. I, I had a helmet strapped on my head. It was a Philadelphia Eagle helmet. First of all, I played at Ohio State, and, and also living there, and there's the Browns there. I'm, you're thinking that if there's a local team that gets the chance to see the local players, that you might be playing there. That's, I, think, I think that's common sense. But that, if you would look at the rosters, they don't always do that. I wish the Browns would have done it. Perhaps maybe they may have been a lot better than they've been over the years because I want to see them be better if they would have taken some players, more players from the Ohio State University. I mean, right down the road, guys, just, you know, send some scouts down there. Let them check them out. But, so, but my helmet was a Philadelphia Eagle helmet. Instantly they became my favorite team of all time. Instantly. As soon as they drafted me, oh, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah, I love the Eagles. I, I had no clue. About the roster, didn't, certainly didn't know a guy from Michigan was a starting strong safety. Didn't even know I was going to, well, when they called me and told me they were going to draft me, they did say, uh, well, they didn't say they liked the way I hit. They did not say where I was going to line up at. When I got there, I found out I'm, I'm going to line up at strong safety. Had no clue. But still, the point that I want to make here, the point that I'm making is the fact that we should have, um, Thought about the fact that these, when we look at these kids, that they're going out on this field for the first time ever. We're going to take a break, I believe here, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk to you some more about this whole draft thing, getting drafted, not getting drafted, but just getting a chance to strap it up, walk out on that field, put that helmet on, and be a member of an NFL team. Nothing like it in the world. So, hey, you guys come back and listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: the music, you know the show. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And um said before, it is so special, but for some reason or another, the player really doesn't get a chance to really enjoy that moment. Biggest moment of, of all in anything that's ever happened in his life. Because, you know, even the being drafted and all that stuff, that, that's just, that draft... And that signing as a free agent, those type of things, uh, those are, are that—that's the—that's the business of the sport, the game, participating, and the preparation is—is is really when you feel like you're something special. Because when you sign a piece of paper, you walk around now. You just walk around in your plain clothes, and you're still somebody who is on the team. But okay you're still you could be standing there with a bunch of fans and what's the difference in you and them you you say you played they say they're fans and you guys are you're one you look alike somebody could walk by and huh, oh, it looks like somebody but that, i'm not sure if that's him but now you got a chance to strap it on and you got it on now let me just share this again because this is all just trying to let you guys know what it's like to be that player to do this to accomplish your dream now you've got that chance, and you're practicing. Now what you have to do, and this is this—I mean, this is reality. I'm just—I just, I, I just want to be a player to share with you what it's like to be a player who is also a fan and been a fan. How, how I want you to understand there is no way in the world if just like you are a fan of the game, that players too. They sit home and play with the same exact video games that you play with. How am I playing with Aaron Rodgers and now out of a sudden I'm in training camp catching passes from Aaron Rodgers? This is all I want you folks to understand. This is mind-blowing stuff and athletes have to find a way to channel that admiration that you have for that player that is that quarterback who is now your quarterback throwing you passes. You just played with him as your quarterback in a video game. I've said that to you guys before. Be, but, but I want you to know things don't change in sports. It's just the only thing that changes are the participants. The game remains the same. The rules, they change a little bit, but it's the same. But the feelings... The emotions is what I want to share with you about those people that have these emotions. And it's hard. It's it's so hard because there's no other industry in which there's so much celebrity to that industry that is so personable where, you know, movie stars are not required to do interviews You know, entertainers in the music industry are not required that after they do a show, they got to go do a press conference. That somebody walks up to you and puts a mic in front of your hand, and in in front of your mouth, and and you've got to now answer a question uh, that is somewhat belittling, degrading, you know, to you, you know, uh, know, condescending, uh, really, you're going to ask me that question? They're not required to do those things. And then at the same time, when they're not required to do those things, they're also allowed to celebrate and be emotional, and it's okay. Athletes are at, asked to be these things called role models. And so you've got to act like you've been someplace you've never been before, and that is just so hard. You want to act like you've never been there before. You want to share with people the excitement. It's, it's unbelievable that I'm going to be catching passes from, from Aaron Rodgers, from Andrew Luck. It's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, I, I can find it hard, I don't have words to explain to you. You know, that, that I now am going to have, you know another exciting thing about this? I remember, first time I got a, we called them back in the day, bubblegum cards. These, these young men are now going to, can you imagine again, it's one of those things, where there has to be a, a sense of understanding that it's like a pinch me moment. You now are going to have bubblegum cards. Really? You, I'm just just—I'm a kid out of Canton, Ohio. You're going to tell me I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to buy that bubblegum pack, and I'm going to open it up, and it's going to be, boom, Ray Ellis. That can't be true, man. How does that, how does that happen? These are, again, they're, they're so small, but they're huge. They may be small from a player's perspective, but they are huge. Emotionally, they drive you crazy, it's unbelievable, but you gotta find a way to channel that energy and the humility of it and, and make sure that you're very respectful about how you acknowledge your success. You, you've gotta do it in such a way that it is not offensive to other people. I don't know how the hell it could be offensive to other people because other people, they lose their mind. A, a little girl walk up to Tom Brady and lose her mind at taking a picture with the guy and you're Tom Brady. And you got to just chill. Well, of course, you already got, you know, you got your nice little something, something. Anyway, your wife is you. You good. But most players are the same way. And the excitement from, from that, the women and the attention they show to them is no different than the excitement and attention. Well, uh, let me take that back. There's certain aspects of it. Just the recognition from a fan, regardless, male or female. is something somebody's making something a big deal out of you. How are you supposed to be humble about that? Where do they teach you how to handle that? The National Football League requires that. And it's one of these things where these young men are going to have to, again, you are to share your celebrity in such a way that that moment that that fan sees you is a lifetime memory that they will never forget. It was so special to them. And yet and still you are supposed to treat it like, mm, well, you know, it's no big deal. You got a, you got a uniform on it. Nah, no, it's really no big deal. It's such a big deal. <laughs> it, 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 it is such a big, big deal. So now you got to go out here and you got to try to, you know, go through these drills, uh, look at all pro players next to you, and act as if it means nothing to you whatsoever, that these are just other men that are out here and all of us are just out here to play a game called football. All these people up in the stands are getting all excited about it. We don't know what the hell they're excited about it because for us, it's, it's just football. I'm here to tell you that I've never had a class. I've never had a sit down with a mentor I've never sat down with the coach. Nobody has ever taken time out to have a conversation with me to give me some idea of how you manage those emotions. They don't do it to this day. There are a couple of things that the National Football League and the NBA and baseball and hockey and a few other things do. You know, I, could, I just can't imagine that they don't think. That that's an aspect that they've got to maybe talk with guys about to make things a little better. You know, I'll never forget. I mean, think about, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, he's he's in the lineup and in the locker room with Brett Favre, who he knows at that time when when he's on the team, based upon what, you know, he's been watching Brett do. This guy is pretty damn good and, you know, he might be one of the best ever play, And uh, you know, I'm the guy that's going to take his position. You know, I guess through the natural course, you're going to turn it over to me because I'm not taking his position. You know, same thing with Steve Young back when, you know, he was going to, you know, compete with Joe Montana. You know, it's one of those situations where, I, I, what does a person like that? What do you say to a person like that to help them manage their emotions? Because there comes a point in time where the younger guy, he gets okay now. You know he, the admiration is long gone now. It, it's becoming very competitive, and now he may even despise the guy ahead of him. You know, maybe you know Joe and um, you know and Steve. Maybe a little tension there. I don't know. You know, those are two. Those both end up being hall of famers. You know, and then and then the same thing. The same thing happens too, where there may be. You, you, now you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, and 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 of course with Aaron Rodgers and also with, uh, with, with the man, <laughs> you know, Brett Favre, it may be a situation where Brett Favre could end up being, Brett is a Hall of Famer, now Aaron Rodgers may end up being, could be a Hall of Famer. If he, if he wins a Super Bowl or gets to another Super Bowl, I mean, Aaron's a bad man right now, we know that. So imagine just being that, in that position. I've got to be humble in everything that I do, everything I say. I've got to manage these emotions. I used to love the guy. And now I don't know if I hate the guy, but I'm competing against him. But I've got to be even respectful in the way that I do that because I don't want to destroy the team chemistry. So we're going to talk some more about this, but I just want you guys to understand from the player's perspective, getting ready for training camp. So, again, it's, it's about that time. We're gonna stay on schedule. I was a little off schedule the last break. We're gonna take this break, we're gonna come back, you listen to Rail the Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk have we got a show for you it's about the nfl training camps super bowl previews a look at the new starting quarterbacks and weekly key injuries We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who will drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and um, training camp. That's what it's all about. It's about training camp, and it's about those emotions that has to be channeled, because all of a sudden you no longer are the you know bushy-eyed kid you know who loved football and couldn't wait to one day play. You are now it. You are on the team. You have to channel those emotions, put them in storage, retrieve them at a later date. And then what happens to you is, of course, now you got to go in here and after you've been on the team for a little while, so let's talk a little bit about that being on the team for a little while now and those emotions that you had to channel years ago because you admired those guys you were playing against. I mean, you were playing with because you had been a kid and a fan. Now you're playing with them. You've played with them for some time, and you're a veteran now. And you're a veteran, and, and and you've got some emotions that you got. You got to still manage those emotions about the fact that that celebrity that goes along with the game. Well, that's just that's your job. So you 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 like other people. You you can't get caught up in that. You know you. It's just one of those things where this is what you. This is how you earn for you. This is how you feed your family. This is how you feed your family. It's not just it's not just a game for you. It's, 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 it's a job of how you feed your family. So that, that admiration that you had for that, that star on that team that you one day hope and aspire to be like him, you now are competing with him. And now this person that everybody loves and admires is your number one enemy. Uh, well, maybe not your enemy, but is your competition. So, how many of you out there could ever imagine what it's like to compete against your friends? I mean, really, 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 really compete against your friends. There are so many things that are not along the lines of a natural course of living and doing things that take place in a, in a training camp. It is, it, it, is, it is so brutal. Mentally, it is abusive mentally as well. It, you've seen some of the hard knock shows that are out there. The, the emotional damage that's done to one verbally is just, it's just it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable the amount of constraint that these players show when they are being abused verbally, called everything except a child of God, and they have to, it's almost as if they're repellent. Their body, it just, it just rolls off of, it, it, it means absolutely nothing. You, you have to, you, you tune it out. These are, these are people that call you names that if, if you're walking down the street and somebody called you, they probably wouldn't take the next breath. Because that's what you you want to kill them. These are adult men calling other grown ass men everything except a child of God and you're just supposed to get up and take it and then your best friend on the team he might clock you in such a way you might really these these are the, these happen in training camp you have to all of a sudden, line up against somebody, and go against that person, and treat them like you treat your worst enemy. You are gonna give him everything you got. I, I remember my approach, I'll tell you guys how I approached it. For me, particularly when there was ever a drill where it was like a one-on-one, and it was something that was physical. Either I was gonna tackle somebody, or tight end was trying to block me, or, you know, what? I'm going to tell you, when I was a kid, I used to think, of all the things that people could do to me, what, what, what used to make me the most upset? And I'm from a generation where we played a game called the Dozens, where well, they played a game called the Dozens. That's when you talk about, you insult another person's mother. I didn't like the game. I didn't play the game. I never wanted to play the game. So. What I did is, when I'm playing football, the guy on the other side, he's playing the dozens, and I don't want to play the dozens. He's talking about my mama. <laughs> That's right. He's talking about my mama. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to take him out.
0: Mama said, knock you
1: out. I'm taking you out. I, I'm just, I got to think about what's the worst thing. And that, for me, that was it. I would get so, oh man, I would get so upset. So I automatically just started looking at people on the other side of the ball. And, you know, I, it was, I made it up. But I made it up that he said something about my what? What? Did, it, did he say something about my Boom. Got him. Got him. You have to do whatever you have to do on this football field to get yourself ready because you're going up against the enemy, which is your best friend. And then afterwards, you guys are going to be best friends. You're going to be best friends. Nobody make who does that? Nobody makes you fight your best friend. Nobody makes you take out your best friend. Except these sports, maybe, maybe boxing, they do it. Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, they were friends to some degree. They liked each other. Muhammad was a little offensive to Joe at times. Joe thought that Muhammad Ali crossed the, you know, he crossed the line with his insults at times. Shout out to both of them. Love them both up in heaven. I pray they they both up in heaven. I know. Um, you know, people believe what they want to believe, but I, I think they're up there in heaven. So, so let me, let me, let me just say this: Let me say that when you go to training camp, the mental adjustment for a player is so much different than it is for the fan. And so, what we want to do with that fan is to get him to understand a player's perspective. The player, you fans, you go to the game with your best friends. You go. Have popcorn, mm-hmm. have, uh, have pop. <laughs> from the Midwest, we say pop, have soda from the East Coast. Uh, you may have a cocktail or two. Have fun, scream, yell, have a great time. The other guy comes to practice with his best friend, too. Except they go into the locker room and they come out the locker room and then they go down and they kick each other's ass. Now, you two friends imagine the two friends sitting up in the stands if you guys got into You know, a physical altercation in the stands. Would you go home as friends? These guys get into a physical altercation and they realize it's for their jobs and they found a way to, okay, because we got to do it the next practice too and the next practice and the next practice, but it's not going to fracture our friendship. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could go to work every day in an office and sit there and, and there's somebody who is constantly badgering me every day and i'm okay with that i'm just i don't think that's possible this is what i'm saying from a mental perspective there's nothing like what happens in sports this is this is you're not only thinking that this guy don't like you you have that concept in your mind of "Mm, maybe he really don't like me but then the punishment that he's bringing to you every day it's like how could you like somebody that's you hitting them that hard but it's business of football. That's how you get that's how you earn your living. You have to feed your family. So you may have to sacrifice your friend to feed your family. But the fans you love and everything, you're seeing. And how we're able to do it, I cannot tell you. How I am able to look at my best friend and take him out. Maybe help him up because we're in training camp. If it's in a real game, I'm never not, not helping them up. But it happens. This is what we do. This, this is exactly what we do. And I'll tell you what, I, I think I got about mm, a couple more minutes before I take a break. Um, and, I, okay, I'm, I'm going to maybe speed that break up a little bit. But, I, but let me just tell you, prepare you a little bit what we're going to talk about on the other side of the break. It's <laughs> that um, it all comes down to one thing, and it, it comes down to making a team. That, that's, that's all. The only reason why we're going through all these emotional things, that we don't get a chance to do this. Now, the thing about it, when we talked about it at the top of the show, when we talked about, you know, how the emotions for fans, for practice, you know, it's, it's, it's something that they enjoy but, you know, that rookie, he doesn't. He feels the same way they do, but he's got to hide it. We, we, we talked about that. It, but that part right there, that, that's so special. Then we talked about the emotions of teammates, how, you know, again, they're excited about now all of a sudden the guy that they used to admire who was their teammate, man, now they don't have to admire him so much, you know, because now they're going to compete against that person. And and that that then that comes into a point, and that, and that's a that's a gradual thing, but then it gets to a point where now it gets real heated. It gets real heated, and now you're really going after. It. I find myself in a position where, you know, here's a guy that that helped me, make the help me learn my playbook, you know, would would correct and critique my play. And and now it's not so much physical between he and I. Because we didn't have to do so many drills against each other. But now, Randy Logan is, is helping me take his job. Who does that? Well, in corporate America, they do that a lot nowadays. You, you, know, you come in, and, and, and an older person may train a younger person for a job that the older person has the credentials to do because he's been performing the job. But this new guy coming in, whippersnapper, you know he's got a couple degrees, you know, and so and they're going to go with a youth movement. Now, guess what? I've been aware of a youth movement. As a matter of fact, when Randy and I found ourselves in a position, Randy Logan, of course, was an all-pro safety for the Philadelphia Eagles out of the University of Michigan, played with the Eagles for about 10 years. And when I came into the league, Randy was a starting strong safety. And so, you know, I had to uh, learn the position. And then after a couple years, I, um, I was given the opportunity to, to play and and in my play, I earned the position. Uh, I don't want to say I didn't take the position. I, I got an opportunity, and with the opportunity, I earned an opportunity to continue to play. And but that would have never happened if Randy wasn't helping me, helping me take his job. That's something that's just hard. That's hard to think about. I, I it's, it's just hard to, for a person to be forced to do that. But th- th- it's a team. It's a team in the National Football League, and you have to do what's best for the team. So when a player makes a mistake, when he comes off the field, a team player who knows what the other player who made the mistake did wrong will approach him, and I guess we call it mentoring a little bit, kind of mentoring him a little bit, helping him along the way, coaching him through the situation because he knows it's emotional for him at that time. Because after all, in the National Football League, one mistake can cost you your job, your career. It could be over with one mistake. So you want to help him through that because he knows he's made that mistake. You want to kind of ease it for him a little bit. You want to explain to him what he did wrong and let him know, it's okay, don't worry about it. Because after all, it's just one play. It's just one play. And what we're going to talk about when you come back after this break is that training camp is a day by day. And what you want to do, just like you just want to approach one play at a time in training camp, it's one day at a time. You want to make sure that you make it through this day so you can play the next day. Because if you don't make it through this day, you now are back to being a fan. So we're going to take a break. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You know the show, you listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, training camp. Training camp is, uh, is practice. But uh, again, shout out to AI. It's, it's, it's very important. It's special. Practice has meaning that is different to different people from a different perspective. For the fans, it's practice and it's not really a game, but they get a chance to get close with the players and have a lot of fun and really excited for the player who is a rookie for the first time ever. It is the first time in his life that he's ever been a part of a national football league team official practice for the 2016 season. One moment like that in your life. You'll never have another moment like that in your life. And then it gets to the point where, you know, those emotions, you know, you have to channel those. Put them on lockdown. Store them later. The players who've been playing for a little while, they're veterans. They went through that too. They get to the point now where they ain't admiring that guy no more. They're playing in the video games. They're now competing against that person, and 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 that is that is somewhat tough. And and then you go to that next phase where you really now you know you now understand this is a profession and this is how you eat. This is how you feed your family. This is a job. You compete. You're trying to take your friends out. But then you're going to hug them and you all can get together and have fun, you know, after practice is over with. And, and then you start realizing that also if you're a rookie or you're a veteran player, you start realizing that just like when you play a game and it's one play at a time. When you're a young player and you're trying to make a team in the National Football League, in particular, when you get to training camp. What you want to do is you want to take the one-day-at-a-time approach. You, don't, you can't look at who you play in the third week of, of preseason. you got to look at what you got to do the next day in training camp so you can be there the third game of the preseason. It is literally a one-day-at-a-time. You take that same one-play-at-a-time mentality and you apply that to each game. I'm sorry, each day in training camp. Now, it's a play that plays are happening in training camp and drills are happening in training camp too. But in order for you to continue to participate in those drills and those plays, you have to have a complete day. Because sometimes they cut on certain days, but then they have the luxury to just cut you on any day. So you want to do it one day at a time. I want you folks out there to know this is intense. When you go to that training camp, wherever it is across this country, you're going there, you are so happy. This is so intense for players. There are players on, there's only 53 roster spots on the team. There are a lot of people that are going to get cut. Their life is going to end as they know it as a professional football player. We're so excited about seeing them. Can you imagine what some of those people are feeling like? And here's the thing about it. Every player who's on the roster, there's 53 spots on the roster. If there's seven rounds in a draft, that means there were seven people, maybe if your team had all their draft picks, that they drafted. Now, here's what you want to understand about the draft. When you draft somebody, you're telling, I picked you. I chose you. Unlike birth, we don't get to choose our children. Unlike employees, you know, where we get to pick our employees, You don't get you know, if you don't apply for a job, it's not like they're just going to show up at your doorstep and say, hey, we want you to work for us over at Bowles. You know, really? No, it's not like that. In the draft, it's like that. They look at you, they assess your talent, and then they draft you and say, hey, we want you on our team. So I want you to think about this. If you're one of those seven people to get drafted on a team, you play a position. Those people, those 53 people that are on that team. Everybody when draft, I don't care if you start or not, when the draft comes around, you're interested in knowing who the hell they're drafting and at what position are they drafting. Because if they draft somebody at your position, and at least most positions are at least too deep. You already just do the math, okay? 22, 22, so that's what is that? Come on, come on. So if you got 44 and then you got, so you got nine other players that are like special team players. But when you draft seven, then what you do is, if you're one of those nine players that you're not, you know, you're, you're probably, you know, there's backups that are starters and backups at each position, then you're like the third person, and then they draft seven people, then with you, if you're one of those nine, you're really starting to think, hmm, they drafted somebody in my position, that's the position I play, and I'm the third. They're looking at replacing me. That's the first thing that goes through your mind. If people don't, if somebody tells you, listen, I don't care. If you're the starter and they draft somebody at your position, you're thinking the way most athletes think. And most, the good ones, the good ones don't ever think about being, I'm going someplace to be a backup. I shared that story with you guys years ago, didn't I? If not, I'll share it with you real fast. When I went to that school up north to visit that, that coach from up north, I, I'm going to respect him. Bo said to me, you know, hey, Ray, I think you ought to come. You ought, you know, come here and just try to you know, do things, get yourself acclimated. And, you know, uh, how about if you just uh, you know, try to make the you know, traveling squad your first year? And, and uh, no, don't even worry about the traveling squad your first year. Why don't you just, you know, get it into your books your first year? Second year, try to make the traveling squad. And then third year, junior year, try to break it to the starting lineup. And I was like, really? <laughs> that that seems a little strange to me, Coach. Why don't I do it like this? Why don't I try to break into the starting line of my freshman year? Then if I don't succeed at that, at least I'll make the traffic squad. And then my sophomore year, then I'll be starting. And, and <laughs> you know, Coach looked at me a little funny, uh, and he and I kind of, you know, had our difference of opinions of how we should approach it. But that's the same way I would do with any rookie coming into the National Football League. I don't care who's starting. That bad man, Aaron Rodgers, if they drafted you as a quarterback on their team, I'd be looking at Aaron like, hey, how you doing, Aaron? At the same time, he'd be feeling a knife stabbing him in the back because you got my position. These guys come in here, you, you come in here to position. I didn't go to the Philadelphia Eagles to sit on the bench. That was not, that was not my ultimate goal was to start. I, I, all I got to do is learn the plays, and I'm going to compete against the person in that position right now, but once I learn these plays, and I'm going to go full speed anyway, but I'll have a lot more confidence when I'm going, but whatever I do, I'm going to do it full speed. And so that, that was my approach. So you go from this bushy-eyed kid who just can't believe they're on the team and all these fans, and, and that's another thing. <laughs> for some people, it depending on where you come from, obviously it wasn't my experience at The Ohio State University, but for some people, there's as many people in the stands and the NFL practice as it is at some of their games. Of course, there's not the Division I guys, but, you know, some of the little small schools. So that could be a little bit overwhelming for those folks. So I would say to you, you know, once you, now you're there. You're that rookie, you got your chance. You're on the team. Go forward. Fans, when you're there, I always I like to reach out and talk to fans and and kind of work with them a little bit on how they might handle themselves with these players. Understand it's a very emotional time for young players. Show them how much you appreciate them as well as the superstars. After all, they are superstars. They're, you know, one of what, 1500 people. In in the entire world that play pro football in the National Football League, the best athletes in the world, they're special. That's why they're special. Maybe that's why they call them special teams because they are special players. The ones who are not starters, they're not starters, but they're on the special teams because they're special. Everybody cannot do that. And let me say this about special teams. Woo. There's a lot of people that are in the National Football League that don't want to play special teams. You get your clock clocked in the National Football League when you on the kickoff team or you on a punt team if you don't have your head on a swivel you will be swinging from up in the sky cuz you will swear that somebody just knocked you so high you went over the moon and you don't know where you're at but this should not be illegal but it is it's the National Football League and so I just I just wanted to give you that from, from a player's perspective who got a chance just to live out his dream and to let you know what these young men are going to be experiencing this week, the Green Bay Packers and also with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to be blessed to go back and share this Hall of Fame induction. Uh, I'm really excited that uh, Orlando Pace from the Ohio State University is going to be inducted. Uh, Tony Dungy, who was a man who sent a couple of inspirational words in my direction uh, when I was a rookie coming into Ohio State, he played at the University of Minnesota and for the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and was responsible for a lot of the black coaches that are coaching today in their success he gave them a chance as well and uh tony's just a special man you know i got a chance to spend some time with all day pros uh i'm sorry all pro dads an organization that tony uh, founded and uh just doing a great job and uh aaron gray, uh darren gray was out there and we had a great time so listen for everybody out there continue to support these players understand what they're going through It's a special time, and this has been a special show. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
0: Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit rayellisports.com. That's rayellisports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.